Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and ed tech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 248. And if you're listening to this, you are one of those amazing educators that are going to be looking forward to the ISTE conference happening in a few days. I am looking forward to it. It's going to be happening in my hometown of Philadelphia. I have not one, not two, not three, but four amazing ISTE community leaders who are on the show today to talk not only about the conference, about the great things that they're going to be doing, but how you can prepare for this amazing annual mega conference. I want to remind you guys that there's a lot of great things that you can do to join our instructional coaching network. All of our archives of this show can be found over at askthetechcoach.com. And if you head on over to askthetechcoach.com, you can scroll down to the bottom and check out our instructional coaches network. We're going to be doing a lot of great instructional coaching things at ISTE this year. If you see me in the hallways, please feel free to flag me down, grab a selfie, jump on my back. Or, you know, if you're there on Sunday, you can say hi to a triplet. We'd love to have you. My guests today are amazing educators. I want to bring on today Miss Julie Jagger. Julie, how are you today? Welcome back to Ask the Tech Coach. Oh, thanks so much, Jeff. I'm doing very well. It's a beautiful day here in North Dakota, and I've been enjoying every one of them. I am excited to see you again. You've got a lot of great things going on. First of all, how have you been? How's the year ending? And, and what are you looking forward to this year at ISTE? Well, my year kind of revolves because I retired a couple of years ago, but I'm busy as ever with um, educators all over and working on things. Um, ISTE for me is going to be very busy. We um, ended up, uh, my coaching partner, Gwen Moore from Colorado, we are hosting and co-chairing three playgrounds and one forum. So we're going to kind of watch ourselves spin in circles, but we're excited because the playgrounds are one of those areas where um, I think a lot of people like to come because it's very informal, come and go, pick your little place where you want to learn more and um, move on. The forum is going to be new for us. We can talk more about it later, but we're very excited by um, the people that we have presenting and um, always inspired by the people who are willing to present, I guess will be part of it because we ask and they go, sure, what can I do for you? So we're excited. I'm looking forward to learning all about that stuff. You and I have a playground session that I'm interested in. Uh, actually, I'm actually really interested in, in like walking around that playground session. I hope I have some time. Um, as Before we get into that, Cammie, how are you today, Cammie? I am doing well, Jeff. I'm coming to you from Alberta, Canada, where it's nice and hot and sunny and warm. And we actually have quite a long haul left till the end of school. I think our last day is June 30th for the teachers. So there'll be a day when I get home from ISTE that's still school. So there's that. And I'm excited to come to ISTE. I'm involved in several playgrounds and a few other sessions. So I'm looking forward to that and busy prepping and all the things. How many... ISTEs have you been to, Cami? I have been to two in person and then two virtual ones. And what makes this event so special for you? Well, one of my friends that I've gone with both times, she described it to one of our colleagues as it's like Disneyland for tech nerds. 
And I'm like, you know what? Yes, yes, it is. Um, in my coaching role, I'm fortunate to get to go to more, more conferences than I ever did when I was in a teaching role, just a little bit more flexibility. And of all the conferences I've been to, ISTE is just the one that I, I wouldn't want to miss if I can help it. So I am looking forward to seeing you. I also want to introduce our next guest on the show, Miss Jessica Pack, author of an amazing book called Movie Making in the Classroom. Jessica, how are you today? Welcome back to the show. Oh, I'm doing so well today. Thanks for the opportunity to join in today. Now, you've been on the show many times, and I haven't gotten a chance to ask you this question. What makes ISTE such the annual professional development conference to go to? Why do you come to ISTE all the time? Well, I love the description of ISTE as Disneyland for tech nerds. <laughs> I, I think that's pretty spot on accurate, actually. Um, for me, what draws me to ISTE is just all of the connections and being able to, you know, have those really organic conversations in person, whether it's at a playground or in the hallway or at a social opportunity or a meetup with, you know, community leaders or, um, you know, different companies. I, I feel like that's really the, the space that I thrive in and get all my best ideas from is is when you're having those moments where you're like, hey, here's what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think? And then you both just kind of riff off each other to make the idea even better. So that's what I like, the synergy and, and just the fun. You know, I, I completely agree. Getting a chance to see people, getting a chance to meet new people and making those connections. Sometimes, you know, the best connections, they say, are the ones that you meet in the hallways. That is, for me, one of those you know, what is ISTE all about things. And it's also about having some great guests on the show. And I want to introduce one more guest on the show, Miss Michelle Eckler. Michelle, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. I'm well, how are you? I'm so fantastic tonight. Yeah, so I am, uh, I'm coming to you from Shelton, Connecticut, but I work in Waterbury, Connecticut. Um, I'm the supervisor of technology for teaching and learning and the administrator of our virtual learning academy there, which has its last class on Wednesday night. Mm. I have that like principal excitement I've never experienced before. Um, I've always been a, either a teacher or a supervisor. So to kind of like feel like the kids are leaving me for the year is, is a new feeling for me. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it's been kind of crazy here. I think you're in Connecticut too, right, Jeff? Uh, we're about 10 minutes away from each other. Yeah. And, you know, I'm looking <laughs> forward to all of this. I, I, I'm going to be driving down probably Friday night. And, 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 and let's just start with some news in case you guys haven't heard. If you're driving to Philly, if you're flying into Philly, if you haven't been listening to any of the news, there is a major traffic issue in philadelphia just north of the city literally like a 50 foot span of the of i-95 is literally crashed due to a, a big huge tanker fire and lots of petroleum based products getting flamed up bottom line if you are this is the way to start a podcast if you are driving into philadelphia please avoid i-95 if you're flying into philadelphia um my honest opinion is instead of taking an uber in take the train there is a nice train that goes from Philadelphia's uh, International Airport right into Center City. Highly recommend doing all of that rather than dealing with the Uber thing because traffic on 95 is just going to be a disaster. I know if you're for myself and probably for Michelle, I'm going to be driving basically south into New Jersey and then coming across. Michelle, I you're shaking train your head ticket. no. You I, have I booked a the train, train ticket yesterday. Yeah, I, when I saw the news come through about that, I said, nope. Not going to drive. It's a three-hour drive, but it's also only a three-hour train ride. So I booked a train ticket. 
we are going to have to figure out how to do that. That actually might be a good idea for me. But anyway, let's talk about ISTE. Julie, you had mentioned that there's a lot of playgrounds. Now, for anybody who's attending ISTE for the first time, uh, what's a playground? Well, a playground actually is a combination of um, interactive, hands-on playground tables. They referred to them many years as sandboxes for that whole idea of playfulness. And those are opportunities for you to go and meet with one of our fellow professionals and learn maybe a little trick or a tidbit or experience something new as far as a, an app or a program or a way that you can approach a certain topic. And then along with that, we also have two presentation stages. So we have our, again, our co-featured uh, speakers are, are you know, professionals that we are with all the time. They're our peers but they are willing to share in a format such as a you know 25 or sometimes a 40 minute presentation, again, on a topic that is in regards to the playground. So we started out with the very first round of ISTE playgrounds, which um, I think it was one of the very first actual ISTEs when it had the name change. It's been a few years I've been doing this. <laughs> um, so we, we started with um, as part of the creativity playground and then we branched off and had our own digital storytelling playground. Last year, we added a higher order thinking playground. And this year, we're adding one more. It's called Multimedia. Yay. And several of you are going to be a part of that as well. So we're very excited. Like I said, I, I just kind of put the word out. And my my peers and friends and co cohorts come running, and I love it. So we're excited. We have an excellent lineup. So yeah, and it's and it's come and go. That I think that's the other thing people like about it. When Jessica was talking about visiting and getting together and just happening to, happening to run into people, you might walk up to a sandbox table, be next to somebody you've never met. By the time you're walking out, you're you're exchanging information so that you can keep in communication. And then um, and that's the same that's said and true for the people who are doing the presenting. So there are some real connections that are made during the playgrounds. Now. Last year, I had an opportunity to do a playground with you and amazing other educators. Uh, here's my question. If I'm going to be putting on a playground session, what is the best way for me to prepare for this, right? Because it's, it's an opportunity for me to, to, to meet as many people who come up to the table. Should I be creating slide decks? Should I just be ready to go with a thousand different topics? Should I have like business cards where... You know, people can find me afterward. What is the most successful way to be a presenter in a playground session? If you're doing a table, one of the interactive tables, the best thing I think is to have one or two areas that you're going to focus on uh, around your main topic and then offer those to the attendees, but always be ready to answer questions because they'll oftentimes come with something that's related but not necessarily related to what you thought you were going to be talking about. And Jeff, I think we had that conversation that you found out you were doing a lot of this conversing, but that's what they what that's what they need and that's what they're expecting from playgrounds is I can come and ask my questions. Absolutely feel free to have business cards with you. Um, if you want to prepare a few slides just so you have something you can pop back and forth to, but it is not a interactive table is not the place to do a quote presentation. At least it's not in the playgrounds that we host. We want ours to truly be interactive and we um, want our, our attendees to feel like they can come up and ask any question anytime. And I think for the most part, Jessica, you were part of it last year too. And Cami, you've been a part of them. Michelle, I'm not sure if you have or not, but um, you know, I'm sure you could answer uh, that question as, as much as I could. I've been on both ends. I've been at tables and I've been at a presentation stage. 
mainly my job is coordinating it. So I kind of run all over the place, but. One thing I like to do um, at the tables, like when you're just at the presentation table is you should have a slide deck or something, right? You know, if, the links that you might want to use just close at hand. But then I also like to have some, some things on the table, whether it's like thought, like kind of snippets of what the slides are, because no one, you're not going to go through your slide deck, but if you kind of have some vibrant um, images or topics on the table, Yep. Those people can walk by and see those all at a glance. And, and I found that's a real starter or topic starter. And then, oh, well, let's go to the slide and go to the link and, and dig deeper if they want to see more. So that's kind of a way to get, you know, use that flat table space and, and draw people in a bit more. I'm going to add to that, Cami, too, because a lot of times, especially in the digital storytelling area, we have student products. And if you have any student products that you have are, you know, able to have permission to share, that is what people really like to see is how can I integrate this? How is it going to work in my curriculum? Give me an example. And then we try to tell our presenters to make it as um, overall um, able to be used in multiple areas, I guess would be the way to use it. Like this is just an idea. How would you use it in a different topic area? So if you were going to these sessions, is this one of the things that you'd want to bring questions to is this something that you're just like shopping in a mall and it's okay to go two minutes two minutes two minutes or like how do you make the most out of this because it's overwhelming walking into this huge area that's kind of fenced off and you see faces you see people i mean i've been in playground sessions where i never actually got to a table because i was just having conversations with people what do you suggest if anybody's walking through the playground stations i'll jump in first but one of the things i think all of the playgrounds have have really gotten good at is handing people as they walk in the door or preparing them ahead of time by posting a, a list of what is there. And then if you see something in particular that is, you know, oh, well, this is something I want to know more about, feel free to head. There is no direction. There's not a one, two, three, four that you have to go in order. If you want to start at table five, if you want to sit and listen to a presentation, whatever. And um, you'll find people are zigzagging through and running all over the place because they're trying to get as much as they can in, in the two hours. You're right though, Jeff, it's a lot of stuff going on in one small area. So, and the rest of you that have been there, jump in. The first time that I was at ISTE, I, you know, you see when, when you register and there's that list of sessions and it just keeps going and going and going and going and going, and you don't really know when I registered for the first time, I didn't really know what the different session types meant. Like I had no idea what a playground or a poster or a like interactive. I didn't, those didn't mean anything to me mm -hmm. until I got in the building. And even then it was probably about day three before I realized, oh, this is what a poster session is or, oh, this is right. So um, I think for, for people that are new to ISTE, um, my advice I was is find a topic, a playground of a topic. So whether, you know, it's global collaboration or digital storytelling or the multimedia ed tech coaches, find a topic that is your jam and make sure that you can go there for as much time as you want. And then don't feel bad that you're not sitting in a room at a typical traditional um, session. That's kind of like some people will feel like they need to be in the chair at a session, looking at a screen and they almost feel a little guilty going to the playgrounds. But I say, ah, playgrounds are where it's at. 
I, I certainly agree with that. And, you know, it's nice to be able to see everybody on these different themes, but it's not just about the playgrounds. It really is about that interacting with each other. I, I mean, let me ask your questions here. When you're walking through an ISTE conference, which the Philadelphia Convention Center is huge, it's multi-story, it's multi-building, actually. Um, what advice do you guys have for networking? I mean, everybody's going there for a specific reason. Some of it just sits in different sessions. That's certainly great, but I'm just one of those. I go for the networking, networking in the in the vendor halls, networking in the hallways, networking in the bloggers cafe. What advice does everybody here have for uh, for networking? I I learned this at the boot camp, so I I'm an ISTE um, ISTE live newbie. This will be my first year in person. I've done a couple of virtual sessions, but I haven't really been able to travel. I also just joined the tech world about two years ago. Prior to that was English language arts. Um, but during boot camp, I learned about these little bracelets called Popples, P-O-P-L. Um, you can get them on Amazon. They have a QR code on the back, but all you literally do is take your phone. You can't really see it unless I put it directly in front of me. And you swipe it along the top and you have this digital business card that anyone with any type of phone, you don't have to have an app. You don't have to have anything special. They can just swipe across it and get your contact information, whatever you put up there. So like I have, you know, my email address, my, um, my website, um, you know, a variety of different, I think my Twitter, my Instagram, my LinkedIn, all those things are attached to this. And I just put it on my wrist and I don't have to think about it. Like I don't have to dig in my bag to find business cards or anything like that. I know I've used this a couple of times at local things. Um, like a similar concept, but this discovering this was the best advice. I think it was um, Jackie during the uh, boot camp, the initial boot camp kickoff, who recommended it. That is, and they're amazing. not expensive. They're only like twenty bucks. So Th that is amazing. Have you guys anybody else seen that idea? I know last year, um, Kendra Perry had something, but hers was like a a keychain. Same same concept. And I, I saw her using it with someone. I think a friend of hers puts them together on some Etsy site. But the, the concept is exactly the same. One quick up to your phone and it's there. So, yeah, great idea. I know for myself, one of the things that I always make sure that I do is I put my LinkedIn app on the home page of my phone. So that way I can just turn on that and it automatically syncs up. And, you know, you can, you can LinkedIn each other. Um, unfortunately... Apple puts out these really cool features, but they come after ISTE. I don't know if you saw the recent keynote, but like coming out in the next iOS 17, you can do that now just by having like wireless contacts and share your pictures and photos. So that's the thing for next year's ISTE. Jessica, what about you? How do you uh, how do you plan on doing like the networking thing and, and making friends and talking about that amazing book called Movie Making in the Classroom? Well, for me, I monitor the social media hashtag a lot um, because it's on, you know, so many different platforms and I'll see people I follow saying, hey, I'm here right now. Do you want to come over and, you know, learn about XYZ? And just being able to like sort of hop in is great. And then a lot of the people that I follow are also posting, you know, where their sessions are at. So I can make sure that they're on my list to stop by and see them. And then afterwards, you know, hang out a little bit and just be like, hey, are you going to continue this conversation anywhere? <laughs> and, you know, nine times out of 10, the speaker is like more than happy to kind of like, you know, move off to the side so the next folks can get set up. And then, you know, you can ask all those burning questions you have after the session and exchange information. So I would just tell people, don't be afraid to go up to 
anybody because everybody's friendly. I mean, we're all in education, so we're friendly by nature. Um, and I think that, you know, you shouldn't be afraid to take those opportunities. Cammie, what's your plan this year? Well, I, again, comparing to some other big conferences, ISTE's more electric and alive and more networky. Sometimes I've been at other conferences and I'm like, what's, what's wrong with these people? They're not talking to each other. Like, where, like you know, there's just not the energy and uh, such when you're used to ISTE. So, so there's that. Um, I'm also really looking forward to lots of the after hours, beside hours sessions. So the community leaders, ISTE community leaders have, a, I think, a, is it bowling that we're doing? So I'm looking forward to that. And there's, you know, some ISTE, ISTE sessions. And if you're a, a Mike and the MIEE, there's a session. Or if you're a mm -hmm. Google trainer, innovator, coach, there's a Google thing. And, you know, all of those extra, and then lots of companies have sessions. And I see that this year, lots of them are kind of joining together to put together one big bash instead of comp competing so much. So yeah. those are really good. They're different, but they're, that's a great place for networking too, because people are a little bit more relaxed and they're not worried about getting to the next session. So I really value those as well. One of the things that I'm always cautious about at a conference like this is what are you bringing with you? Right. You know, I, 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 says the podcaster who brings microphones and other junk like that on his back. Right. But I mean, you leave the hotel really early in the morning and sometimes you don't have a chance to get back to your hotel before those after hour events. And, you know, you're pulling 20 to 30,000 steps at some point. What does everybody bring with them for a typical ISTE day? Are you bringing a laptop? Are you throwing a tablet? Are you, are you just using your phone? Like, what kinds of things are, are in your backpack of goodies? Um, Jessica, what do you think? Uh, for me, I'm, I'm doing something presentation oriented each day. So I bring my laptop for that, um, for sure. And I, I guess my pro tip for that would be to make sure you have your presentation. And, you know, mine, mine are super video heavy. So having all the videos and the presentation downloaded on the actual device rather than relying on streaming anything. Um, and then when I'm attending sessions, I mostly use my phone because I live tweet a lot and I'm you know pretty fast typing with my thumbs. So that's my preferred note-taking method. Um, but I also bring a water bottle because I think hydrating is super important and I'm always wearing very comfortable shoes. <laughs> Cammie, what kind of shoes are you bringing? Well, definitely comfy ones. Uh, so that's a, for sure. You need to have the company sometimes even bring a second pair because like if you get blisters on the first pair, make sure that the second pair has different straps so that the blisters will be not bothering those straps. Um, but snacks, I think it's like sometimes those big convention centers are terrible for finding something to eat. Although from everything I've been hearing and listening, there's a great market right across the street from, yes. from Philadelphia's convention center. But other like Chicago was a wasteland. There was nothing to eat for gazillion of miles and so I was really glad I had snacks like just to get because even if I was wanting to find even if I had time there was nothing to get typically so 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 let's get into that right across the street from the convention center is something called the Reading Terminal Market look it up do a google search it is like the famous place to be um my recommendations you have pretzels you have ice cream um 
ice cream and and there's a lot of ice cream in there but definitely check all that stuff out you can get really good sandwiches the prices are pretty good it's a lot of amish run um eateries and stuff like that but yes definitely make sure you've got time to go to all the sweet stops there's a interesting diner in there so yeah definitely get a chance to check out all the great food and stuff and again you know it's not just a, a city of cheesesteaks you can find some really good things uh michelle you said first time going but you're probably not i'm guessing a, a You've been to Philadelphia before, have you? First time. No, in Philly? I'm a first time Philly person too. Yeah. So, what are you looking yep. forward to here? I, I mean, there's so many things. I, uh, I mean, I don't even know how to like break it down. So Monday is I could go by day, right? So Sunday is just the excitement of getting there and figuring out where I'm going and what I'm doing and finding my hotel and all of that, right? But then Monday I get to attend the ISTE awards ceremony because I was selected as one of ISTE's 20 to watch. For 2023 so i'm very excited about that um oh the community leaders on that sunday night that's right and then monday night is a google meetup um and then tuesday is my presentation which i'm both excited and nervous about because there's like a 200 person room i'm in um i mean i've presented to large groups before i mean i one time in, in the district i worked in had over 100 people in the library media center together that i presented to but this is still kind of like, uh, that's a big room. <laughs> Not sure how I'm going to handle that. Uh, and then Tuesday night is ISTE certified educators meet up. It's like every, I, my social battery is going to be probably overflowing <laughs> by the time I leave on Wednesday. Um, I'm not really sure where I, I can't find the time in my schedule to actually get to sessions. I'm really like trying to squeeze things in. So I'm thinking maybe some playgrounds might be my best bet. Cause they don't seem like you have to sit and get for 90 minutes straight. So I, I well, I see Michelle, I love that strategy. Julie, let's talk about this, right? She she's interested. She's, she's clearly in that. Oh my goodness. There's a lot of stuff overwhelmed. Like even after 10 is these, I'm still in that mode. How can somebody who's new to ISTE not feel left out or not feel left off the planet? I mean, is it possible to attend sessions that you're not in? Is it possible to get uh, resources from other sessions? Like, explain this one, Julie. How do we make the most of the time that we have while we're doing everything else? Yes, yes, and yes. Um, Good. I think I think one of the most important things that I found too is take a look at the sessions you'd like to attend, but always look at sessions that might be in fairly close proximity and don't ever feel badly about leaving a session. If you want to try and hit two as a presenter at ISTE and other conferences that happens. And as a presenter, don't be offended if someone leaves yours. So you want to make the most of your time that you can. The poster sessions are another amazing place to do a walk around and get a gazillion ideas and interact with lots of peoples. Posters and playgrounds. I didn't realize just how much I enjoyed posters. I mean, I really didn't the first couple of years, but there was so much going on there and some amazing presentations there as well. Pick your two or three that you're, you just have to go to. You want to see these people or you want to hear from them and then uh, work your way around that. You know, find something that is uh, appealing to you. The search on ISTE has gotten so much better because you can really narrow down your field of interest. It's hard to look at at first because it's massive. And then you start looking at the convention center and it's massive. Um, my other recommendation is 
decompress a little bit in between things, which sounds kind of crazy when you're saying I have no time for anything, but take a minute or 15 or 20 and just sit down and say, okay, this is what I got out of it. Even if you take a couple notes or just think your way through it, because I found my first ISTE, I was running and I felt I had to attend something every minute. And I was crazy by the time I left. Um, enjoy those social things. They're hugely important. And that's where those connections come in. But um, yeah, I think, I think feel, make it your conference. Yeah. One Don't of the worry things- about anybody, but what you need. I mean, yes, we're going to be cognizant of others, obviously, but um, pick what you want to go to. One of the things that you can find online is session resources. Like as a presenter, we, you know, we log into our presenter or presenter menu and, and it asks, where's the link to your stuff? Now, if you just spend some time and, or find a friend and divide and conquer, you can fairly easily do a really hefty database of all the links from all the sessions that you can't go to. Now just focus on the ones that you can go to. Uh, or the ones where you want to do the networks or, you know, I, I've often said on this show, don't spend your time in a session where clearly somebody is reading a blog post for the next hour, right? Like take that session link, take it down and, and, and check that out later or check it out while you're on the train or something like that. Um, Jessica, what's, what's your thoughts on, you know, taking notes, creating that stuff, you know, making sure that you, you're not missing something or being in two places at once. Well, I'm really fortunate because I have an awesome partner in crime that travels with me. <laughs> um, Georgia Turlahi and I are kind of a presentation duo. So we tend to kind of, you know, crowdsource everything. And then another couple folks from our district are going as well. So we have, you know, shared drives and shared docs and we all have a game plan. And sometimes we throw the game plan aside and other times um, we're really good at dividing and conquering. So um you know that's great too and then again with social media a lot of presenters post their resource link afterward so Mm -hmm. it's great to just grab a whole bunch of those and curate them as a list cami what's your secrets well this is the first year that i'm going uh by myself i've always gone with a colleague or two so i'm a little actually a little nervous about about that but um i've gotten quite uh, to the place where I've built up quite a good PLN with all the ISTE folks and other people. So I feel like I'm actually going to see friends and I can't wait to see, see lots of you there. And so um, I'm, I'm hoping that that's going to be okay. But I, I usually have my phone and sometimes my computer and um, I use Google keep a lot is kind of my go-to. Um, sometimes I start off in Padlet or Wakelet, but I don't ever end up there long. So it's just, you know, it ebbs and flows and what worked last year doesn't always work this year. Um, but yeah. Michelle, do you have any other ideas here? Are you getting some great ideas for how to handle, uh, how to handle the conference here? Absolutely. I think one of the biggest things that I thought about though, for myself is I'm physically bringing with me to Philadelphia, almost every type of technology I own, because (laughs) if I be this, okay. So like, right. I have my, um, my MacBook. Let's say on Monday I'm walking around and I realize my MacBook's way too heavy. I'm not going to make it two more days. I'll also have my iPad back in my hotel room so I could choose to bring my iPad the next day instead. Or honestly, I know it's a tech conference, 
but a good old fashioned notebook works sometimes too. Um, <laughs> I will have one of those with me as well. Um, so I, you know, that's one of the things that someone had also had recommended. And then the idea of just having all of your chargers, that was another piece of it because there's never going to be a place necessarily where you can plug in. So, yep. I got mine charging up right here and, you know, those things you can just slap onto the back of a phone or, you know, do something uh, quick and easy on the run. Um, but I think I'm excited. I'm very excited to meet everybody because I've been a community leader now for two years. Um, and I see everybody every month on these meetings, but I've never actually met anyone in person. And when I see Margaret, I like, I'm not a hugger. Like I am not a hugger, but Margaret's Margaret is a, Margaret is a hugger. Margaret's getting a hug. Let's say this okay, the right so way. Mar Margaret is it, a then. hugger y'all. Okay. <laughs> You've mentioned because I'm not, but I'm going to give her a big hug because Margaret is awesome. Well, look, let's let's close this with a yay, Margaret. Here we've been talking about ISTE this entire episode, and we've said things like the CL group, the community leaders group. Let's really give some credit for why we're here today because we're all members of an amazing professional learning network called the ISTE Community Leaders. Uh, this is I'm going into my third year, Michelle. I think you said this is your second. Um, Julie, let me just ask you this question here. You can kind of start off the round robin, but what is the ISTE Community Leaders Group? Um, the name Community Leaders is fairly new because it was uh, we were PLNs for several years. Uh, the Community Leaders are uh, a group that literally help um, lead discussions, um, directives, and activities for members of ISTE so that we can in I suppose, encourage them to get involved, um, create areas for information. And, I, you know, it's it's grown and it's changing. And I don't know that I can say what is it. Um, it's, it's multiple things. And I guess maybe somebody else has a better definition, but it is definitely a place and a group of people that are willing to give up some time and help others. It's definitely not a paid gig. I mean, we're all here and volunteering and, and willing to do that, which I'm thrilled about. And Cammie, what do you get out of being an ISTE community leader? Why is it important for you? For me, in my job, I'm a district instructional coach. So I'm not at a school. I'm at 20 schools and I'm all over the place. And while I have dear friends at all of those schools, I don't, it's almost like I, there's only like one or two coaches in our district. So it's like, I don't have people like I used to when I was in a school. And so that ISTE community is, it's like, it's, you've become my people. And that Slack channel, um, you know, when we're working on presentations or we're doing things or projects during the year and, you know, like, so for me, it's, it's about um, a community that doesn't necessarily exist within my district as an instructional coach. And so that's been huge for me. How about you, Jessica? I think for me, it's just exposure to new ideas too. Like everything everyone has said is super on point and I totally agree. But I also feel like it's just provided opportunities to learn that I otherwise may not have had or been able to take advantage of. 
I've been working with the um, ISTE Edge podcast team and just listening and learning from all of the amazing people in our community about topics that I probably would never have pursued otherwise. Like, for example, outdoor place-based education, I didn't know anything about. And then I got to listen to like an incredible 40 minutes of everything I needed to know. So um, I just find from a really humbled place that, um, you know, there's so many really intelligent people in the room and I just love learning from all of them. Michelle, how about yourself? What? I'd have to agree with, with Jessica on that. You know, I mean, one of the best things that I've had experience with so far is just following along when um, the community leaders do the slow chats after the ISTE um, webinars and Cammy actually hosted mine, which was awesome. That was so much fun. Um, but, you know, getting to listen in and, and hear what people are talking about with whatever it is that they're presenting and having that opportunity to continue that conversation because the community leaders are willing to dedicate so much time to the, the rest of the week getting that information out there. And I've learned so many new things even beyond the, the webinars that you get to attend as an ISTE member because of the fact that community leaders are willing to create, create those questions and, you know, engage in those week long conversations. If you're looking to be a part of the ISTE community leaders group next year or beyond, you can always head on over to ISTE.org. Lots of great stuff there. And of course you can find out more about the conference over at ISTEconference.org. Uh, check out all of our presentations. Let's, speaking of which, let's go uh, around Robin here. Julie, plug all your presentations. This is going to take a while. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I'm a part of the three playgrounds, the digital storytelling, the multimedia and the hots. And I have presentations there. And then we're also doing the digital storytelling forum, which is on Sunday and very excited. It's basically an opportunity to come and sit right with a professional in the field of digital storytelling and exchange, learn. So it's a little bit more of a comfortable place. Jessica is going to be one of our presenters there and we're just excited so yeah i'm i'm that's kind of it for me i'm going to be very busy with those four events nice and cammy anything that you want to promote on sunday around the middle of the day i'm doing a presentation it's um a hands-on very hands-on one with iorad um the tutorial builder iorad so it's called easy pd with iorad and um i'm doing that with arlen kimmel and then i'm also sorry um at the other end, oh, sorry, no, the Sunday one is actually with Greta. Everyone knows our friend Greta Sandler. Greta and Amanda were doing um, an is, uh, a presentation on digital um, escape rooms, and we've ran those in ISTE for ISTE community, not the community leaders, but just the general ISTE community. So we're doing that as a, as a session. And then I'm in the multimedia playground uh, where we'll be kind of doing our digital breakout again. I'm in the EdTech Leaders Playground where I'm going to talk about professional development bingo. And then in the Global Collaboration Playground where I'm going to be looking at um, some Google Earth connections with the uh, Sustainable Development Goals. Nice. Jessica. Well, I'm super honored this year to be an IFTI featured voice. So I have a pretty um, packed schedule, but um, obviously Sunday with the forum and then Monday I have a session about UDL and movie making with Georgia Trelahi. I also have a movie making mini lessons for more creative communicators session that morning. Um, I'm doing a session in the Wii video booth as well and I have the ISTE books social where 
I would encourage lots of people to come meet your favorite authors. Um, it's at 3.30 on Monday at the um, Philadelphia Marriott. And then I'm also doing a panel for We Video at Chris's Jazz Cafe that night. Um, and then Tuesday, I have another booth session for We Video and a culturally relevant storytelling session. So I'm super excited. Nice. Michelle, what's, what, uh, what would you like to plug? Uh, so my session, I have one. I, I'm a beginner, so I'm starting out small. Um, it's on Tuesday from 12 to 1 in, um, like I said, it's a 200-seat room, 111 AB. Uh, it's engaging adult learners in creating asynchronous courses with free text tools. And so the whole idea behind my session is to be able to walk in with an idea of some sort of professional learning that you want to engage people in in an asynchronous fashion, but your district doesn't have the money to buy you a ton of tools to do that, or you don't have the money to do it on your own and you want to do it. And so I'm going to teach people how to use free tools that are out there. So Google, Wakelet, um, the free versions of Nearpod and Kami are two other options that will be involved. And so they'll be able to literally walk out of the room that day with a plan for how they're going to take that professional learning and turn it into an asynchronous session. Um, and while it is ironic that I'm doing a synchronous session about something asynchronous, the bonus for everybody is that they will get an asynchronous version of the session. So they can go back and rewatch and redo the whole entire session on their own at their own speed and own time. Very, very nice. I got a lot of great sessions coming up Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Uh, Edu Triplet Baby A is going to be making his ISTE debut. Uh, the session's going to be called, sorry, 12.30 on Sunday. Session's going to be called Today's Content Creation for Tomorrow's Influencers. Um, looking forward to him sharing all the great stuff that we've been doing here and also at school. Uh, Monday morning, 10 a.m., we're going to be doing our Microsoft Teams session, Understanding Microsoft Teams. Um, we got some great guests coming in, great, great, great teammates going to be doing something with that. Tuesday, 1230, I'm going to be at the Google Teacher Theater showing you guys how to do flipbook animations using Google Slides. And then Wednesday at uh, 12 o'clock Eastern, Julie, uh, we're going to be doing our digital story time playground where we're going to be talking about student podcasting and live streaming and you name it. Any question that you have under the sun about how to use video and audio, please come up. We've got a lot of great people. Um, Julie, while we're plugging that, do you remember who else is going to be joining us on Wednesday at 12 o'clock? for the digital story time playground. Oh, you would ask me that. Um, Georgia Trelawhi will be there with movie making. I wish I had my list in front of me. I have four playgrounds gifts. <laughs> um, there's a lot of great things coming up. There's a lot of, a lot of great stuff going on. Um, yeah, it's it's um, from noon to two. And I didn't mention the other times and the other ones very so very quickly going backwards on Monday we have the, or Tuesday we have the multimedia one. And that one runs from 1245 to 2.45. And the higher order thinking one, which was a great hit last year, we pulled that one off in two weeks. And that one's from noon to two on um, Monday. So yeah, we're, it's going to be, they're all good. I, I wish I could list all the presenters. I've been communicating with them, but um, we've, we've, everything's there. You can't, you, you're going to have fun. It's going to be a great one. The best advice I think I can give anybody for ISTE is just to do it, right? You know, if you're going to go out to the sessions, go do the sessions. If you're going to go and do the tour of Philadelphia, there's a lot of great people, educators that are doing Philadelphia tours. Our friend Gabriel uh, is going to be doing a, a, a podcaster's tour of Philadelphia where he's going to be taking you all to all the wonderful eatery. Um, if you are interested in climbing some steps, uh, about a 
three quarters of a mile right up the road from the convention center is the Philadelphia Art Museum with all the Rocky steps. If you're at the Philadelphia um, Art Museum, not, uh, Phil, the Franklin Institute, they've got a really cool uh, Star Wars exhibit that's going to be there. Lots of Disney 100 stuff that's going to be there. So lots of great stuff in Philadelphia. I will say one more time, please feel free if you're flying in, take the train. Don't take an Uber just because the roads are going to be horrible. And my friends, I want to say thank you all for coming on the show tonight and sharing your passions. One last round, Julie, where can we find out more about the great work? Plug your websites and socials, please. Um, at uh, Jade Jager Consults for both my website and um, Twitter. I don't do a lot on Twitter, but every, I will be doing more, you know, again, starting now with ISTE. Uh, can I add one more thing, Jeff? I just, we, something was, someone was talking about hugging and getting together. Um, one of the things that, one of the first things I noticed because it's an international conference, this is the one time of the year that many professionals see each other. And um, you will hear screams of joy as they're running into each other and hugs galore. And I, I think that's probably what was the most impressive to me is everybody is on this an equal platform and just so darn excited to see everybody and to share. So have fun and enjoy it. It's a blast. Cami Kanikins, where can we find you? I'm at Mrs. Kanikins on Twitter and Facebook. And my bl uh, blog is bit.ly slash K-A-N-N blog. And I post lots of stuff there. Jessica. I'm at packwoman208 on Twitter and Instagram and jessicapack.com. And my podcast is at storytellingsavestheworld.com. Michelle. Uh, Twitter and Instagram uh, at Dr. M. Eckler, edu, and my website is chalkboardsandwires.com. Hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. It is always great to get together once a year, if not more, at ISTE. Please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to meet you guys. There's a lot of great instructional coaching happening there. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at TeacherCast. Or, of course, you can visit everything over at TeacherCast.net. So on behalf of Julie, Cami, Jessica, Michelle, and everybody here on the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.